What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the More Purpose Podcast. This is episode six, and we have a special guest today. We're talking about faith, and today I have the one and only Bishop Clarence L. Sellers Jr. Yes, sir. I am the third. My dad, our dad. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? But special guest, man. This is a big opportunity for us. So, like, type cool like to have my dad out here on the podcast. Drop some gems for y'all. But how you doing, man? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Excited about what. It's transpiring in both of your lives, and to uh, be a part of this is an honor of mine. So thank you for having me on. Yes, sir. Oh, anytime, anytime. But today we are talking about the, first of all, this topic came from a sermon my dad preached in the man Church of God in Christ. And the topic is basically, are you profitable? So first question, what is being profitable? Well, uh, that's a good question. Uh, as you know, um, as you stated, I did a whole series on that and um, actually preparing to do a book. Yes, so in the process of writing a book on are you profitable? So the first thing is being profitable simply means to be beneficial, mm-hmm. to be useful, to be valuable, to be resourceful, to be fruitful, or to be advantageous. Mm-hmm. And the um, reality is um, this kind of came to me because everybody who's looking for somebody profitable. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And a lot of people don't understand the importance of profitability. Uh, can If you get to understand what it means, the value of being profitable, and you start making yourself profitable, even the sky is not the limit. Yeah, yes, sir. That's facts. So it's more like a like being an asset, basically. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Versus a liability. I look at it like you like the solution to a problem. Right? Yeah. Are you like the missing the missing puzzle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's. Yeah, that, that's very good. It does mean to be, to be all of that, mm-hmm. to be an asset. Uh, to be an asset is such a, uh, it's becoming rare. Uh, everybody's looking for a handout. Everybody's looking for somebody to do something for them. And then we also have a lot of people that are ambitious and that have all these goals, but they haven't positioned themselves to be an asset. And they're more of a liability. And in the, my study of the word, I start realizing that it's a part of our everyday life. Everybody is looking for somebody that's profitable. Um, businesses are looking for profitable employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, women are looking for profitable men. Men are looking for profitable women. Okay. Parents are desirous of developing profitable children. Children need their parents to be profitable. And pastors such as myself are interested in members that are profitable. And the members are looking for churches that are profitable with a profitable pastor. So in every sphere of life, uh, we're all looking for to connect, um, to be in alignment with people that are or institutions that are profitable. But the true question is, are you profitable? Facts. Can't, can't judge nobody else before you judge yourself. Yeah, that's true. But I want to send that to check me if I'm wrong. I feel like the best way to maximize your profitability is more so on how the Bible says, you either love your neighbor as you love yourself. So in order to be a, the best asset to them, you have to be an asset to yourself first. Mm-hmm. So like, how do you feel about, like, does it relate to that in that type of way? You, you, you're not going to be to anybody else more than what you have been to yourself. Mm-hmm. And so it's very important for you to have self-love, to have um, pride about yourself without being totally prideful or mm-hmm. arrogant. But you, you got to respect yourself. Um, and in you developing certain disciplines 
and uh, goals and objectives to enhance yourself. It, it is, that's what helps make you profitable yeah. for other people. Yeah. Um, your your growth, your development, your learning, your expanding your abilities, your talents, your cultivating your skills helps you to be profitable. And then in turn, you become profitable, not just for yourself, but you become profitable for those that are connected to you in whatever way that they are. I feel like... Um, I think of profitability. I directly think about my relationship with my friends and as far as who bring what to the table or like, or am I just like using them or pulling them for stuff and I'm not bringing nothing. Yeah. It's a one-sided relationship or are they like pulling stuff from me and not bringing anything to the table? That's how I look at it. Yeah. Life is definitely a two-way street. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately you have some people that, uh, they, they're only looking at what they can get out of yeah. things. Yeah. They're very selfish, self-centered, or self-absorbed. Leeches. Exactly. Yeah. Leeches, uh, parasites, parasites yeah. uh, where they, they're getting everything they can out of you, mm -hmm. but they're not giving anything back. And you got to really, you know, check your circle mm -hmm. and see who's in your life, who's there that are, are, are weights, mm -hmm. uh, that they're there to, to weigh you down and to keep you from flourishing. Or are they adding to your life? Yeah. It should be a two-way street where they're benefiting but you got to benefit as well. Mm -hmm. What do you think is like a, a way that people can basically start to have like a self-reflection on themselves to where they can actually become more profitable? Because for me, I started like when I pray, I started saying like, search me, Lord, like reveal to me my flaws, my bad habits, my different liabilities that hold me back from serving like my biggest potential and serving his purpose for me or serving my biggest potential and serving like help my friends out in different ways I can. So what do you think is like your way or how you do it or other ways that people can do it? Well, I think self-examination is, is key. You, you have to take an inventory or an assessment of yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, what are the gifts that God has given you? What are the abilities that God has given you? What are the talents that God has given you? You've you got to become fully aware of what is your calling or what your purpose is in life. The more aware, the more conscious you become about what is your purpose in life? It helps you to be more profitable. So many people are spinning wheels, wasting time um, because they're still in search of identity, still in search of a purpose, and they're missing out on all the benefit that is within them. Most times we're looking externally and trying to pattern ourselves after other people, and that's not our path. Um, that does not speak to what our abilities or our uh, strengths are. So I, I tell people all the time, horn your skills, horn your, your uh, develop your yourself in the areas that God has blessed you. Don't follow after and mimic anybody else. Mm -hmm. God has uniquely and distinguished you in such a way that is for you to optimize you. Yeah, yeah. Optimize you so you got to keep growing. You got to keep learning. You got to keep expanding. You got to sharpen your skills. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. And so it's very important for you to follow and to be around other persons that are either where you're trying to go or at least on the same path mm -hmm. that you're trying to go so that you can all, everybody can rise, everybody can be lifted up uh, because you're sharpening each other. Yeah. So basically like knowing your strengths, strengths and weaknesses, but learning how to strengthen your weaknesses. Absolutely. So I got, I got a question. So back to when you said, you said you're more profitable in your purpose. So. Are you more profitable in the areas, like when you said, do a self-examination? Do you look and see the areas that you're uh, bearing fruit in? So like like if I'm doing, like for CEO, for instance, he's doing pictures, he's doing photography, 
getting positive feedback. People are coming to him saying he's helping lead them to Christ and all that stuff. By him just being him, posting on his his uh, Instagram story and all of that stuff. So how do you examine like the fruit of your labor and all of that stuff and see like like is this where I'm supposed to be? Uh, it's, it's in your examination. Where where are you being where are you being fruitful? Mm -hmm. What are the areas in your life that is being productive? Mm -hmm. uh, where you have influence, where you have draw, where you are increasing, where you are expanding. Uh, the, those are telltale signs of, of you um, being profitable, mm -hmm. you operating in purpose, uh, especially when it comes natural. There's so many things that I do now that I didn't understand years ago mm -hmm. that is bringing me resources. Yeah. That, you know, I'm getting revenue for doing different things that are natural for me. Uh, but it wasn't until I did a self-examination and assessment. What is it that I bring to the table? What is it that I can do? And when I begin to realize what I did, what I can do, what I do well, um, then it started leading to me getting op more opportunities in those areas. I started attracting things to me yeah. because, again, um, not again, but uh, profitability, what I'm trying to say is profitability is attractive. Mm -hmm. like the more you begin to operate in areas of purpose, and areas where you have skill and talent and yeah. competency, areas that you are fruitful, is going to attract more opportunities. Yeah. It's going to attract people to you. It's going to attract wealth to you. And that's why it's so important for people to find their purpose, find their place mm -hmm. in life, and be fruitful in it. Yeah. Yes, sir. So with oh, good. Now you go ahead. All right. So with, <laughs> with that being said, like how you said, being profitable is going to attract many uh, opportunities. So. My question is, how do you continue to be profitable at something, maybe something you're not passionate about, whether it's working the job you're at or whether it's serving, like something you just don't want to do, but you have to do. How do you continue to be profitable at that without having that negative mindset? Well, that's a challenge for a lot of people when they're having, feeling forced to do mm -hmm. things uh, by necessity mm -hmm. uh, that they don't desire to do. I, I used to work a job that I really didn't want to do. I like doing ministry. Mm -hmm. I'm totally sold out to the kingdom of God, but you got to respect seasons. Mm -hmm. There are certain seasons that you may not get to do what you want to do. I just watched, uh, we was watching the finals and I was watching, I believe it was Gary Payton's son. Yeah. Uh, I talked about how when he was in the, was that the G, G League? Yeah, and G then he was willing to take a job in the video section wow. uh, while waiting for opportunity. And uh, sometimes you got to respect the season that you're in. That you know your season is coming for what it is that you want, but you got to be willing to do things uh, in the meanwhile. Why, why are you Why you waiting? You got to yeah. sacrifice. He was willing to stay near the game. Give That's me right. any job as long as it's near yeah. the game. And so when you respect seasons, I believe that uh, it helps you to become teachable. Mm -hmm. While we sometimes we're in a race to get where we're trying to go, and we don't understand that there are things that God is trying to build in us, mm -hmm. maybe patience um, is a necessity in our mm -hmm. lives. There's, there's all kinds of areas that, that we got to be developed in. And so, so sometimes God will put us in situations where he is cultivating us and developing us. For example, I never forget in a frustrating season in my life when y'all were really, y'all like three or four years old and I had to go out and get two jobs. Mm -hmm. and that was not what I was trying to do. Mm -hmm. I wanted to preach. I wanted to travel and preach. I wanted to get out there and see the world. Um, but necessity of, of providing for a family 
had me working for Delta Air Cargo and City Cards. Uh-huh. And I didn't want I, with That's Delta lights, boy. <laughs> <laughs> with Delta, I'm you know, I'm taking animals and dead bodies and, and luggage up to the plane. Uh at, I wasn't trying to do that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, with City Cars, I'm sitting on the phone <laughs> and, you know, I'm trying to sell the products mm-hmm. of Citibank. And uh, I wasn't trying to do that either. But it taught me, it gave me discipline. Mm-hmm. It taught me patience. Uh, it, it expanded my ability to sell. Mm-hmm. And, and it helped me even with preaching because even with preaching, you got to sell the gospel yeah, to those that yeah. are listening. You know, so it helped me to learn skills to be persuasive. And while I didn't think when I got the job it had anything to do with what anything I would do in the future, mm-hmm. but it actually did. And so you got to respect what season you're in, become teachable, mm-hmm. learn all you can learn because you don't know what skills that you would develop from these opportunities that you may need later on in life. It's crazy because me working at Chick-fil-A was basically like my time, like my season of basically serving and just mm-hmm. sitting back and learning different things. But Chick-fil-A actually taught me how to run a business and scale it basically, mm-hmm. but actually bring customers back. So like with Chick-fil-A, they had this, they had probably one of the smallest menus mm-hmm. out of that fast food restaurant, but always be deep, always be packed every day, 24 mm-hmm. seven. But with them, their customer service is what brings people back. It's like, you know they're not gonna charge you extra no sauce. You know, right. they're, not gonna, they're not gonna talk back to you when you like, if there's something wrong with the food or if you miss or fries or anything, they're not gonna argue with you. They're gonna be like, my, my fault, that's our fault. Here's some free food, here's like a gift card, a little voucher, whatever just to keep you happy and everything. And I learned that with that, that can go into any business to basically keep customers coming back. Mm-hmm. So photography-wise, every client I come in here, I know for me to be profitable and when cli- uh, clients come back, I have to stay on my A-game, got to stay like, with a good energy when my clients come in. Don't Even when they come in late, don't have no bad to don't show no malice or any negative energy towards them because my good energy can make their day. They don't want to come back and be like, well, I like him because he was nice to me. Yeah. I, I like him because his energy flowed like real well with the shooting and you feel comfortable mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So like basically like going back to what you were saying, like your service season can help build you yeah. to propel you where you need to be at. Yeah, you, you took and borrowed from mm-hmm. what they had and the marketing strategy and hospitality and now you're implementing it now in your own business. Mm-hmm. You have to be teachable, you have to learn. Uh, there was a lady that told me years ago, she said, CJ, I see you like you're, you're in a hallway. She gave me a prophecy. She said, I see you like in a hallway there's a door at the end of this stairwell. So there's a stairwell hallway, there's a door at the end with a light at the back of it. And it's like you're running and you're skipping over steps trying to get to the door because you know behind that door is everything you've been waiting on. And she said, the Lord told me to tell you, stop running to get to the door and value every step. She said, because there's a lesson to be learned on each step and there's a blessing to be gained on each step. And when you get behind the door, not only will you get the benefits of all that is there, but you'll be equipped. You'll have the capacity to stay behind the door. A lot of people are rushing to get somewhere and they're missing the life lessons that they're going to need to sustain them in the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you got to, going back to what you were saying, Marlon, you got to value um, those moments even when you have to do things that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. CL was at Chick-fil-A working hard. <laughs> well, I didn't like the job either, boy. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't like the job. But he learned and he picked up some things. And then real quick, when you was talking about Chick-fil-A, I thought about the fact that Chick-fil-A differed than most fast foods. You said how they have such a short menu. Yeah. You never find Chick-fil-A running behind the hottest thing. Remember when yeah, everybody... They stick to what they know. They stick to what they know. Remember when Popeye's came out with the chicken, chicken sandwich? sandwich yeah. Then everybody, yeah. everybody, all of a sudden, six months later, everybody's getting the chicken sandwich with yeah. pickles and a special sauce. Yeah. 
trying to find identity, trying to find the next thing, and Chick-fil-A keeps spanking everybody mm-hmm. being sticking with what is their purpose, what they know that they do well. Consistency. They're consistent yeah. with it. They're not trying to reinvent the wheel. They have learned how to be profitable within their purpose. Mm-hmm. That's why you can't chase people and copycat and, yeah. and follow trends. You got to know what your strengths are and maximize and optimize that. Same your lane. No facts. I got, that was good. Are you guys on the second? Nah. I got a question. I got a question for you, Dad. Um, this was up. <laughs> <laughs> nah, look. So, so on that topic, as far as like staying in your lane and all that stuff, what would you say to somebody trying to be profitable, playing from behind the scenes, or meaning like they're not a star player, they but they they're a role player, or they coming off the bench? Like, what would you say to that person? That's maybe they're not top dog yet. Well, they're, 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 you, you really have to become content mm-hmm. in who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, being in front don't make you the greatest, yeah. don't make you the best. Fact. And so sometimes you got to rethink how you see life. Life teaches us oftentimes if, if you're reading from the wrong vantage point, everybody thinks that those that are before the camera, those mm-hmm. that are stars or entertainers, that's where it's at. And there's nothing wrong with being in front. But some of the greatest people ever are in the backdrop. And you have to become okay with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to give you an illustration from a biblical standpoint since I'm a preacher. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest men in the Bible have only one storyline in the whole Bible. And his name is Ananias. The significance of Ananias is that he was a priest. But he wasn't just any priest. He was a priest that was used by God mm-hmm. To uh, when Paul was Saul and he was blinded by the light of Christ, mm-hmm. he was sent to Ananias. And Ananias' storyline is he's the one that helped get Saul's sight restored. Saul becomes now Paul. Mm-hmm. Paul has his sight restored and he receives the Holy Ghost mm-hmm. and he's initially taught by Ananias. Now, the significance of that is Paul went on to be one of the most popular figures. Yeah. In the whole New Testament and throughout Christendom. And here we are talking about Paul, but there would be no Paul without Ananias. Ananias was the key to Paul's development and training. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Gamaliel, which was the philosopher of that day, the teacher, the master teacher Mm -hmm. that Paul sat at his feet. Mm -hmm. We know more about Paul, but there is no Paul as we know him without Gamaliel yeah. and without Ananias. And mm-hmm. so there's so many unsung heroes. You got to become fine with what you're calling is. Yeah. I have a job or responsibility that oftentimes gives me some level of light, mm-hmm. but I'm really a behind the scenes person. Yeah. Uh, the leaders that I serve, the roles that I play in are behind the scenes roles. Mm-hmm. And I'm fine with it because I'm content with the fact of the product that we're trying to produce. Yeah. Mm-hmm coming alive, being successful. And so uh, you really got to be content with who you are yeah. and not be sidetracked yeah, with the limelight. Because mm-hmm. if you're not a limelight person, yeah. it's going to show. Yeah, <laughs> if you get out there, so you, if you're supposed to be behind the scenes, stay behind the scenes. You know, there's some very wealthy people that are behind the scenes. That nobody know about. Exactly. Nah, that's true. On that note, just look at, um, look at artists. Not every artist writes their own music. The person that's getting the money is the one that's writing the music and the one that's producing the music. And those are two behind-the-scene roles. Everybody knows Jennifer Hudson. Everybody knows Beyonce. Everybody knows 
you know, the premier mm-hmm. persons, but oftentimes not all of them do their own production, that's, do their own music. Yeah. And the ones that's in the behind the scenes, they the ones getting all the bread. Exactly. Nah, it's um it's the scripture in the Bible. You can you can probably quote the scripture probably. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it's at. But it basically talks about like the body parts, like how each each individual body part is important, just as important as the other as mm-hmm. the other one. Just like how yeah, you might notice my like I might have like a better what's it called, like a better strength with my mm-hmm. hands or whatever, but you won't really realize yeah. how much your pinky means to you until you lose your pinky. Yeah, like, we're all piece to the puzzle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like basically like every part of your body plays a certain role and you're not gonna really notice how big a role that is until you lose it. So like with basketball or anything, there are different role players, even if they even if they don't see it, they mean a lot to the team, but like when they're playing at their best versus when they like Adam like Scottie Pippen when he went was mad at Steve Kerr for him to game shot and all that stuff. Right. Like we need you, everybody play their role, play their part, regardless of what's going on. But yeah, I like that that scripture. I don't know. That's, that's in First Corinthians is either the eleventh chapter or the twelfth chapter. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Where Paul talks about uh we as members of God's body. And uh as members of God's body, we all have a role, we all have a function. And in that chapter it also talks about how you have comely parts and then you have uncomely parts. Uh there are parts of our anatomy that Everybody gives attention to. Everybody sees the face and the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody sees the hands, and we acknowledge the feet. Uh, we, when we talk about major organs, we, we people are going to focus on the brain. People are going to yeah. talk about the heart, uh, but nobody's talking about the liver. Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't need knowledge. You need that liver. But <laughs> let that liver stop functioning. <laughs> <laughs> then, then you're going to realize yeah. that this is. Hey, I know we've been talking about heart and brains, but we need a liver. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And then the Bible also says. He gives more grace to the uncomely parts. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be the comely part, the part yeah, yeah, yeah. of the feature that everybody see and like, mm-hmm. that is uh, uh, recognizable or that is even beautiful. Uh, but there are uncomely parts that are not as desirous, mm-hmm. but their functionality is so important. And the Bible says God gives more grace. Whatever role you are in, you got to play your role. You, you, you're not getting what in too many places without your feet. Uh, you know, you know, the feet can't be said. I want to be the brain. You know, well, the brain can't go anywhere <laughs> without the feet, and the feet need yeah. the brain to send the signal down yeah. to even go. So you just got to learn again how to be content. The Bible says God says, gives unto every man severally as He wills. He gifts every man as He has predetermined to for you to function outside of your your purpose is for you to be useless. The toilet cannot be the sink. <laughs> you know, you know, if you start trying to use the toilet as a sink, you're in trouble. Yeah. You know, and so God is the manufacturer. We're the product. Yeah. And so we, we can't say to God what our functionality should be. Mm-hmm. We have been carefully made to function as He deemed necessary and as He sees fit to speak to a problem uh, that is in humanity. And if we are, if we fail to function in the role that God has called us, then we're leaving a side of humanity or of society left wanting and with a void mm-hmm. because we're so busy trying to be something else other than what God has created us to be. Yeah, I remember once, uh, one sermon you was basically saying like how, regardless of if you want to, like God will redirect you back to Him, mm-hmm. like every time. So like, the Bible says, "Many are the plans of a man's heart, but yeah. the will of the Lord will prevail." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time. So like even if you're trying to walk away or stray away from me, or from what like what God has called over you, at some point in time you're gonna run back into that same yeah. that same like calling. It's gonna be up to you again. You're gonna choose you you're gonna choose to do it, 
and get redirected again and keep prolong- prolonging like your purpose. Like, wow. I feel like the more um, the more you run from it, God will just continue to take stuff away from you to yeah. where it'll put you in a position where all you uh, all you can do is assist him. Like you're just in a, a desperate position. Like there's no other, there's really no other help. Like, and that's the worst, that's kind of the worst uh, scenario to be in because it's like, you got to go through all of that. You got to lose just, all of that just to come back to this. Like at the end of the day, the outcome was already written for that. They had to listen earlier. Yes. Yeah, I think it's crazy. Yeah, well, all of us have had that experience. Mm-hmm. When God's hand is on your life, when God is calling you, Paul talks about it. Uh, I think it's um, in Philippians. He said, I am now apprehending after that which apprehended me. Mm-hmm. Meaning, God started off chasing me, mm-hmm. and now I'm chasing, I'm chasing him. Yeah, yeah. All right, and so uh, that's where we are. And so, when God has a calling on your life, when God has chosen you, when God wants to use you, and we keep rejecting and running away, He'll put a, put us in a, a cycle of events. Mm-hmm. Uh, he allowed things to start happening in our life to pull us back in and, and to help us to understand our need for Him. Uh, it's, it's the, not the way that you should go. You mm-hmm. should just say yes to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you don't say yes to the Lord, you find yourself in all these learning experiences just for you to come to the conclusion, Lord, you are who I want. Lord, yeah. mm-hmm. you are who I, who I need. I didn't know I needed you. Mm-hmm. But life has now taught me and trained me to understand that what I was really looking for is in you. Yeah. yeah. Also, for all my um, entrepreneurs, if you want to basically like be able to learn how to become more profitable, my dad always says this, but going there, can't tell, been there, how to get there. So for all, all the entrepreneurs, try to find a mentor that's already where you want to be at. Try to find a, if you want to become a millionaire, go find a millionaire to learn from. You can't ask no fat person how to be skinny. You feel me? So like, yeah, like find like find people that's already in the field of where you want to be at, that's going to be able to teach you and coach you up on different steps of how they got to where they was. And then that way you can learn at an even faster rate how to double what they did. Yeah. Let me give it to you this way. Um, I learned this from Bishop Derek L. Hutchins, Derek um, W. Hutchins, rather than you in Orlando, Florida. Never let a naked man sell you clothes. Oh, wow. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you got to find somebody that has been there that knows how to get there. Uh, and do you follow their, their, their model? You follow their mentorship? And uh, you'll do much better when you when you're dealing with people that have had the level of success that you're trying to attain. So mm-hmm. uh, that's key. But let me also give you this, uh, and I say this all the time: uh, if you want to be successful in life, be solution oriented. Learn how. If pro- part of being profitable is about learning how uh, to be the answer to somebody's problem mm-hmm. or question. Uh, learn how to be the solution. Many people, they don't understand why they can't get the promotion or the raise on the job. Are you solution-oriented? Yeah. Are you making yourself the answer mm-hmm. to somebody's problem? People have enough problems. Yeah. They don't need you, going back to what you talked about earlier, about assets versus liabilities. Mm-hmm. There's so many people that are, are liable. They don't even know that they are a liability. Yeah. They don't even understand how much of a liability mm-hmm. they are. People love people that are assets and people that are assets are people that know how to become the answer or they know how to go out and get the answer, mm-hmm. find the answer and bring it back. Yeah. That's what every pastor is looking for. That's what every business owner is looking for. If you just working the job just to get paid and soon the time is up, you running out the door yeah. and you've done stuff haphazardly, you're not going to be there long because eventually they're going to find a reason yeah. in a way mm-hmm. to get rid of you. 
And when it's time to lay off people, you're going to be a part of that first cut. The persons who make themselves the answer or that are solution-oriented, that say, hey, I may not have the answer, but give me some time to come yeah. back. On that note, that's what made Daniel profitable. When the, when, the, when the king had had a dream and he couldn't remember yeah. what the dream Interpret was yeah, yeah. and nor the interpretation, he said, I'm getting rid of all the psychics, I'm getting rid of all the astrologers, and I'm killing all the prophets. They provided value. Mm -hmm. Daniel became the man of value. He was the MVP. He yeah. saved everybody's life mm -hmm. because when he heard that everybody was getting killed, that was seers, prophets, astrologers, psychics, he said, hold on. Let me go talk to the king. Tell the king, I just need to pray. Yeah. And the king said, you need to pray. So let me go pray. And after I pray, my God yeah. is going to tell me what it is that you dreamt. And he's going to give me the interpretation thereof. Mm -hmm. After a few days of praying, Daniel came back and said, take me to the king. And when he got to the king, he said, king, this is what you dreamt. This is what the interpretation is. And the king said, all of my men that have been sitting around here all this time, and none of them couldn't do anything. Daniel's ability to access supernatural revelation not only saved his life, it saved all of their lives and put the king in a place of profitability as well. Yeah. That's great. I think um, also being solution-oriented, it goes with um, having Christ inside of us. We're not supposed to be average. So I feel like that should already be like a common thing to where we're on a job, we're supposed to stand out like regardless. Like how you said, like, People should be able to see you and then they should just see God's light throughout of you. Like I was at the orthodontist and um, I just went in for my normal checkup. And then the lady, it was a young a young lady and she was doing my rubber bands. And she was like, um, she was like every time you come in here, uh, everybody's so happy to see you. But I'm like, I just came in and just said good morning. Like, And then she was like, I know what's inside of you. I was like, what is, like, what is it? She was like, you got to joy of the Lord. And I didn't even say anything about God. I didn't talk about God or anything. But I feel like it was just like. You're supposed to just be that difference maker in everything you do, how you walk, how you talk. Like it should just be, it should be like an aura. Like it should just be seen. Like to where that was the scripture they talk about. Uh, the lamp can't light up the room yeah. if it's uh, so if it's hidden under a bush. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it's supposed to be shining at all times, whether you want a job and all that stuff. As believers, as you, you've you've already stated it, we are the difference maker. Mm -hmm. You know, we should bring a blessing to everything we're connected yeah. to. Uh, we shouldn't be. Uh, the worst hires mm -hmm. of any, any employment. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we are a negative commentary. Mm -hmm. As believers, we should light up every room. As believers, we should be one of the most valuable persons on anybody's employment role. Mm -hmm. As believers, we should, we should be the thing that enhances every event, every setting. But the only way that can happen is you have to let the light shine. You, you have to be fervent in your relationship with God where like we just been talking about at church about I have the divine edge. Yeah, yeah. You know, as a believer, you're supposed to have the divine edge. You're supposed, to, <laughs> you're supposed to bring the advantage to the equation. Uh, where they'll be saying, hey, we, we can't afford to lose them because if we lose them, this whole thing is going down yeah. because of the value you bring. And, and it's in the smallest thing, how you make people feel. Um, the energy that you give off. and the, Like you said, the aura that you give yeah. off. How uh, you know, it, it, it shouldn't be people depressed yeah, whenever facts, you come around. Facts, if, yeah. if they are depressed, by the time you leave, it, you ought to yeah, cheer yeah, their yeah. spirit. Exactly. I never forget um, a friend of mine years ago in Smithfield uh, lost their baby, lost their child uh, into an unfortunate situation. Their daughter was kept to get the groceries out of the car. And I believe it was the two-year-old child walked behind the car and the daughter hit the gear shift by accident. Mm -hmm. 
and the car rolled over the child and killed him. Mm-hmm. And so it was devastating. I never forget, I was at Applebee's and um, they said, you know, so and so just lost their child. I jumped up from Applebee's and ran, what, drove mm-hmm. <laughs> to Smithfield and uh, to be with that family. And they were like unconsolable mm-hmm. when I got there. As you can imagine, father, mother, mm-hmm. lost a child. Then this older sister is feeling bad because this is all my fault mm-hmm. type thing. Oh, God, what have I done? Yeah. And the whole family was unconsolable. And then when I walked in, I did what the only thing I knew how to do. One was pray. Mm-hmm. And two, that was be me. Yeah. Let my light shine. And then when it was all said and done, they had called for me to come in the back. And I talked to the father. I talked to the mother. I talked to the daughter. And then they all said, you've made us feel so much better. You know, it was the same day. It hadn't happened two, three hours. Yeah. And they went from crying to laughing. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, their heart was still broken. They're, they're still grief stricken. Um, but yeah, yeah, I changed the atmosphere um, because I'm a man of faith. Mm-hmm. I'm a light of the world. I'm the salt of the earth. And uh, my, my presence helped shift things for them. Yeah. And I stayed with them through their process over the next several days and weeks. I was there with them just making sure they were good. That's been many years ago now. Uh, but um, that's what believers are supposed to do. You're supposed to change the atmosphere. Yeah. But nah. But that's dropping gems, my God. <laughs> but we do have to wrap the episode up. We do have to have you back on again to talk about having a divine head. That's a whole oh, yeah, other podcast. Got to come back. One other episode, and y'all definitely gonna y'all, y'all want to tune in for that one. Mm-hmm. But now uh, we appreciate you having a. Well, we appreciate you for hopping up here. Yeah. And you want to let them know where, you, where they can find you at church, Instagram, social media, all that. Well, let me start off by saying thank you for having me. I am godly proud of both of you for what God is doing in your lives, and um, to even be a part of something that God has gifted to you all shows me that uh, you all, the both of you, have become profitable. And so um, you have something to give back. You're being fruitful in it, and your viewership is the proof of it. Uh, But as for me, I am the pastor of the historic Mount Tabor Church of God in Christ. Um, That's 13468 Waterworks Road in Smithfield, Virginia. Uh, It's a 101-year-old church that the Lord has allowed me to pastor these last 12 years. And then I'm also the pastor of the Dominion Church of God in Christ, or Dominion Hampton Rose, as we call it, um, that I will be pastoring next month, come 15 years. Mm, with, yeah, thank yes, you. Sir. And uh, God has been faithful yes, to allow sir. me to be the establishmentarian, the founder of that. And that is right now we're at 2940 South Military Highway mm-hmm. in a gala event center uh, while our facility is being uh, renovated mm-hmm. on Airline Boulevard. But that's where we're at every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Mount Tabor. We're there at 12 noon. And now we have a new plant, Dominion Nova. Yes, Dominion Nova in Alexandria, Virginia. So if you have any family friends out that way, the Courtyard Marriott on Eisenhower is where we have service at on Saturdays at mm-hmm. 2 o'clock. So anybody have family and friends that live in the DMV area, meet us on Saturdays at 2 p.m. at the Marriott Courtyard. They have a nice ballroom there where we have worship on Eisenhower Avenue. Yes, we definitely don't want to miss church service. We go to uh, Dominion Hampton Roads, a lot of young people, and the presence of God is just crazy every Sunday. Yeah, we try to have the youth in there every time. Yeah. Get it, bro. But nah, that's the end of this episode. Appreciate y'all for joining. Hope y'all ready to tune in for the next episode. We have a lot of episodes back to back coming for y'all. A lot of heat, a lot of new things, a lot of new setups too. Let me know if y'all like the setup in the comments on YouTube video. But nah, love, appreciate y'all. Take y'all angels with y'all everywhere y'all go. Peace with y'all.